Okay, we're live. Okay, what's up, guys? John Sintes here, Cutter Nation podcast, Cast Crytlo. Uh, we got an awesome guest, Virgil Vasquez. But first, please rate, review, and subscribe to the podcast. Don't forget to go check out our online store. We've got hats back in stock, shirts, live or die by your best pitch. Cast is rocking, looks like just the Cutter Nation logo. Uh, but all kinds of fun stuff there. Uh, I know we're in weird times, so we wanted to provide some more content and see if we can keep, you know, some good ideas going forward. So without further ado, Virgil Vasquez, pitching coach of your minor league pitching coach with the Minnesota Twins organization and owner of Revolution Throwing or Revolution Throwing. Yes. How you doing, Virgil? Yeah, good, man. Good to be here with you guys. Yeah. Thanks, sir. Thanks for coming on. Um, so why don't you give a quick history of yourself, uh, introduce yourself to our audience. Um, you know, I, I became uh, uh, aware of you through a mutual friend and and uh, yeah. I, I was really enamored with the idea that you have and even off air before we were talking about some of the stuff. So, you know, before we get too deep into the product, Perfect Throw, why don't you uh, just educate all of us on, you know, your history in the game? Yeah, I guess uh, drafted 03. Uh, with the Tigers, you know, got to the bigs with them. Um, and then, you know, played for six organizations, traveled around indie ball, a couple, you know, a uh, couple countries, you know, Venezuela, Mexico, um, played in Australia, just kind of had, he played about 12 years of, of pro ball, mostly minor league career. Um, but in my career, you know, I always had this little feeling in my shoulder, like it was always just never fully recovering. And I felt like, you know, throwing was supposed to hurt. Like if I throw, it's not supposed to feel good. I'm supposed to break or, you know, throwing is an unnatural movement. And when I became a coach, I learned, I, I was, I was helping this player and I went and learned it from his pitching coach and he, and he taught me how to throw. And like, I was like, Whoa, like it's not, it's supposed to feel like that. Like, really? So um, I took that feeling and, you know, my background is, you know, I, I used to lift, lift a lot of weights. I went to peak performance project for about nine years. It's a facility here in Santa Barbara. And then I like kind of transferred my movements over into like Pilates, yoga, Qigong, Tai Chi. And then the Tai Chi and, and, and Qigong kind of movement, uh, theories really like, like felt like, like a good foundation for me. And so I took, this throwing this guy like he's like hey throw like you're throwing around a tree like come in and like throw i was like what what was that so i took that and and then you know i was a coach at the time and uh it took me about a year to really master it and i was going to australia in the off seasons and when i was going to australia i was just practicing this i was like okay how can i bring this into the game and it took a, it took a little bit um because you, you guys know like when you're in compete competing mode it's like we got to go. Like, it's not about how am I throwing the ball? It's, it's where am I throwing this? And I got to get your, I got to get you out, you know? So through this process, you can say, get your ass out. Like get your ass out. <laughs> you can feel I was going to say that. Huh? Yeah, for sure. <laughs> so, um, through the process of teaching myself how to throw, I used uh, many implements, you know, I was filling PVC pipes with concrete, I was doing all kinds of things. Probably the same thing you guys do is just how many implements can we use to really teach people how to throw. And then, um, you know, it went to this. Now I'm, we had this catcher that turned pitcher, and he just needed help and understanding. And so used different tools, used different things, and ended up creating this for, for, uh, for him because he was really the one thing we see across the board is like the – 
the understanding of throwing is like people lift and turn away. You lift and turn away. And there's all this talk about the arm being late. And we like to talk about the, the relationship of the body to the arm rather than the arm to the body. So the body was early because what we found is it's easier to slow down the body and allow the arm to have time rather than to speed the, speed the hand up. And so once you find that sequencing, then you can just, you know, you, you move that sequencing because you guys like, no, like, you know, maybe you guys can tell me a little bit too. Like sequencing is, is key. Like when you're on time and, you know, what are you on time to, you know, and that's another question. That's a great question. You know, it's like when that hand comes inside a 90 and you create that, that whip, like, you know, finding what are you on time to and these different questions that we ask about throwing. I have so, so much. John, say something. <laughs> <laughs> um, that was uh, so. That was that was great. Yeah, um, we had talked about um, you know off air about you know the momentum and and uh, you said there were different grips, you know, to yeah. the perfect throw. Um, you know, in in your experience with throwing, what, what type of thrower were you? Uh, you know, in the game. Uh, I threw like I got to the big leagues on a fastball and a cutter. Uh, I was you know I topped out ninety six. But I was sitting. I was like a ninety mile an hour pitcher. You know, back in two thousand three, if you hit ninety, you were you were top dog. You know, yeah, you're like yeah. ninety mile an hour is like you're on the radar gun in college. You're like, oh, I did it. You know, it's touching ninety threes. It's different game now. Is and people have more information. They know how the body moves. Um, there's a lot going on that's really helping the game. Um, but yeah, fastball cutter. Uh, just the way my arm path worked when it was long, it was hard to throw a changeup tried for 10 years once i changed my arm path the changeup was easy just because when you have a long arm it's hard to get on the inside of the ball um and then also what i learned is like changing my arm path allowed me to create more spin and have a curveball too so um you know i you know you but i want to say like probably like you guys just compete like it was like that focus that routine it takes a lot to get to get pro ball in the big leagues it's like yeah it's everybody is like the hitter you know um against not against your teammates but you know playing and and uh really just dialing yourself in so that you're you're ready for that moment i, I love the fastball cutter combination of what you're talking about we've we've put out yeah. a, a bunch Weird. of combinations i know cutter nation that was know, my right? pitch, bro. yeah <laughs> hey so uh, let me ask you this about the cutter were you able to change action on the cutter like, oh, did yeah. you make, did I, you, I did yeah. action, I did speed, I did shape, I did, uh, um, my kind left of guy right now. We're, we're talking, we're, this is yeah, my, favorite, so my I, favorite part. Yeah. I like, uh, Derek Nicholson was a, was a big influence on me. This guy I had, and he was an older guy in a ball with me and he was like, the best pitch you can throw is a cutter inside the lefties. He's like, cause it was my pitch anyways. And I was like, well, what do you mean? And he said, if, cause he was a lefty, he's like, if I pull that foul, I can't hit it fair. I'm just trying to scare you. And I was like, all right, all right. So he says, if you see him pull it foul, go back in there. Don't be afraid. Cause like a lot of guys get afraid when that happens. I was like, oh, okay, okay. And uh, so like, you know, you see some broken bass, you throw this guy, whoa, and he like pulls it like a homer foul. And you're like, oh no, but you're like, not supposed to happen. Let's go again, bro. And, uh, but that was my pitch. I could throw up, down, both sides of the plate. It was. Did you yeah. front door it to right? Oh yeah. Oh, yeah. to righties. I never figure out how to set that one up. I don't know. It just mine didn't. I need to make a video on that because that's something that I figured out. Well, where were you on the rubber? Career. Yeah, where, where were you yeah. on the rubber? 
Yeah, when um, you third base or first uh, base? I was like third base side most of my career, and then the end of the career, I was right in the middle. What? Why was that? Let me ask you that. Why did you move to the other side? Because of my curveball. Yeah, yeah, and it like, uh, yeah, I don't know why. It's just like because on, on the on the third base side, I was over there, and it was like fastball and righty cutter, and then it was like cutter into lefty, and I, I just moved over to get into the lefties a little bit, and just to throw that. I don't know. Something about the curveball really helped. Yeah. Yeah, Where'd you guys I did the same. yeah, I did the same thing for the same reason. Yeah, I, I was. I just I didn't have a cutter, but I'm a slider. Hard. I'm. Yeah. I'm yeah. Mm-hmm. I was. I was trying to create extreme angles with because I was a. I'm a cutter, slider, curve, slur, like all of them, right? Yeah, just, yeah. You, like you said, shape and speed. Like that's that's what I'm trying to do. So, you know, I played. I didn't make it to the level you did, but being down in Mexico, I'm pretty much mm-hmm. coming in and facing whatever four hole import. You know, you, you know how it is down there. Yeah. Right. And I'm so there. like I know I'm coming in throwing bangers just depending on, you know, what level of speed game I'm playing. Am I going, you know, hard cutter to slider to curveball? Am I going curveball, cutter, slider? Am I going curveball, fastball, curveball? You know, like just changing mm-hmm. speed ranges is as big as I can. So, you know, um, I love that idea. You know, the the down and in cutter that we talk about this all the time, you know, keep making guys swing and feel comfortable and, and feel you know, confident about hitting a pitch, especially if you pull it foul, you know, yeah. and, and having the ability to to recognize that early. You know, we're, we're trying to get kids to recognize that this is a game. And it sounds like you understand that, too, from the earliest age of 10. You know, like you, you need to be un, be able to understand that your ultimate goal is to strike the guy out as a pitcher. Yes, you're allowed to do it. It's fun. <laughs> right. You know, yes. Yeah. You know? Striking. Strikeouts are the best, bro. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, that, needs be, that needs to be on the shirt. That's just like that should be revolution thrown. You know, that's their, your new tagline. Strikeouts are fun, bro. Dude, okay. So this this year, my it was my my first year having. Well, I had GCL, but my first pro, like full season with my own team, and I had a meeting before the season, and I, what I told them, I said, I love strikeouts. I want you guys to strike everybody out. I don't care what you throw. I was like, do it. And we set a record for strikeouts in our franchise, bro. We just like take punching t- tickets. We said punching tickets. And then we had punchies. I started bringing out like uh, a t- like like a like a hole ticket punch. puncher, you know, yeah. hole puncher. Um, <laughs> I bought tickets. So every time they punch someone out, I gave them three tickets for a, for, a, for a reliever, two for a starter. And then we had like a punchy store at the end of the month. <laughs> Dude, Vir- Virgil, I-, I want you to think about <laughs> you're talking about professional baseball and you're pulling oh, yeah. elementary level style of <laughs> yeah, motivation. Giving- you know what I mean? And meanwhile, we got high school coaches that, you know, want it to be full military. Yes, sir. No, sir. <laughs> you know, and like you're just accessing that inner child at a professional level. And I'm sure, you know, you set the records. So it's to me, yeah, I'm like, it, it was check, fun. Fun Is that good? strikeout baseball. It sounds like they're, uh, I want to play for the twins. Like you need a guy. <laughs> Man, it was so fun. Like every, every month we had the punchy store and I, I'd go to the store and buy a bunch of things. You come with your tickets, you buy something. Um, and it's the, like the guy, yeah, I don't, I don't know how long. It was going to last. You know, I was going to do it this year again if we had a season. Um, but maybe double A, maybe it teeters out. I don't know. Maybe something else shows up. But, yeah, it was fun, man. The last the last one we had, uh, the big league club, he was gracious enough, and he donated some fresh tops, like 
sweatshirts and stuff. So everyone came in, they got to buy some sweats. It was sick. <laughs> it was cool. <laughs> it was cool. It was yeah. cool. So it, it, I really like the environments you're creating there. And, and you know, I, I just, it, one of the things that we talk about going through, you know, young athletes' careers, these different levels and different styles of coaching that they're going to reach, right? Yeah. And it always, yeah. you know, my pitching coaches have been very similar to you, but I just, like I said, I didn't play a lot in the States. So in, in Mexico, I just had completely different people than what I thought was going to happen. You know, there was, everybody was like, well, whatever you want to do, like, you you're throwing the ball you have to take accountability you know and you know uh, I, I don't see that level of of confidence in the states um you, you've played around you know uh what was your biggest difference in the states and and international where you played in venezuela and mexico what's the biggest thing you noticed in, in with the game hmm. <laughs> uh the first thing that comes to mind is like that like uh I don't know if it's it's the competitiveness, right? There, I don't know. It's just it's like it's like a livelihood competitiveness over there. Here, it's like it's like I'm trying to get somewhere with it. I'm trying to master it. Um, but internationally, it was like I'm gonna kill you. It's not. I'm not gonna kill you. But it was like it felt yeah. like that. You know, that's, yeah. that's what it was. I remember yeah. I was in Venezuela. I was the end of my career, and I faced this big leaguer, and I was like, I don't have that energy anymore. Like it wasn't that I didn't, I wasn't pitching, but like the level that he was competing against me at, I was like a pawn. I was just a pawn. I could feel it. And I'm like, I don't have that anymore. And you're a big leaguer now. Like it was kind of, it was a sign. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I get it for sure. Yeah. Would you, did so, you see the same thing? Did you guys both play internationally? So I, I, I did uh, cast yeah. it, but the, yeah, the biggest thing that I, I, I'll agree with that, the competitiveness, it was, um, I remember being, you know, um, I, I played a little bit indie ball and then I went down south and and I had some friends that were in affiliated ball and I remember talking to them and and they were asking me, you know, what was the diff, what was the difference in the states like that and I was like, honestly, I feel like the competitiveness, like you're telling me you're going four or five innings and you're trying to get your work in, and yeah. <laughs> I got this Venezuelan dude jumping out of the box to foul the ball off to not strike out on probably the nastiest slider I've ever thrown, so. <laughs> You know, I, you know, I, it just looks like that they're literally, like you said, they're playing for, for their job They're you know, and understanding the contracts on the, on the lower side, you know, the, the level that I was at, we were signing two week contracts. And so if you can, you know, me from the States, you got Dominicans, Venezuelans, like you got to perform or you're gone. You know, mm -hmm. we saw some guys that would show up for a temporary weekend and, you know, hit a bomb in a weekend and still not sign and they would go with somebody else or, you know, they'd use some, they use the phantom DL crazy, you know, where it's basically mm -hmm. a revolving door for what they think they need, you know, whether a guy yeah. gets paid or not, he's just sitting there waiting. So mm -hmm. you know, it's, it's a whole different level of, of competitiveness just to get the job as well as play the game down there too. Mm -hmm. We had a guy come in town. Uh, it was a hitter. And I, he was, I don't know if he wasn't what they expected. He was there for two weeks. So like, here, here's your money. So we, you're going like, see you later. The guy's like, what I do? You know, it's yeah. like, he, he didn't hit for the two, first two weeks. He just didn't do it. Like, exactly. Here, here's your yeah. month's salary. We're going to go get somebody else. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I saw, I, 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 did, I distinctly remember um, a pitcher showing up for the weekend and like he started the weekend off. I think he had two punchies um, at, to start off the inning and then we, you know, we everything's good. And I think he gave up a double with two outs and then got out of it. And then the next time it was just like, like six hits in a row. And, yeah. and, and 
then he packed his stuff up at the end of the game. I was like, dude, this guy was here for 48 hours. What is going on? Yeah. You know, but, you know, in end of the run, you know, they're looking for one guy to get that comes in. That's hot. You know, it almost mm-hmm. makes sense if you're, if you're looking at it as the big picture on the team where I saw we needed to avoid, you know, we needed some help in the pen. So but mm-hmm. it, it's one of those hard things where you're like, yeah, I hope this guy works out. Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't, it's like, like you said, they come in, like, throw whatever you want, you know, just win, like, just win, you know, and, and, you know, I guess one thing about, you know, my teams that I know in my organization is, you know, it's about giving opportunity to learn how to do it too, you know, that stress of like, do it now can also sometimes hold you from being that, you know, and then the the freedom to uh, play and mess up and like, not, you're not going to go home in a week if you don't like, if you, if you give up three yeah. hits, you know, like that, you know, I felt that inside myself. So that, that, fr- that freedom to actually fail a little bit, I think does help a performer, especially when they're on a team, you guys have played for coaches like that you were saying. So um, like you, you just like survive or die there, you know, kind of thing like, like we're yeah. talking about. Um, and here, I think it's a little more opportunity to, or cause there people are doing it, but it's like kind of development, develop into a winner. It's like you better be one or you know, I ain't gonna work. <laughs> yeah, and uh so here here I go. Um yeah, ready so to go. <laughs> as as a Minnesota guy, um I have so being in player development in the fashion that I was, I worked for Gene Larkin and Edina. I don't okay. know if you know the name, but mm-hmm. regardless, um I always like just seeing pro guys. Um I saw a lot of guys that were just yeah, I mean I saw I saw a lot of minor leaguers in the twins organization, and I saw a lot of guys just in the AL Central in general. And so it was just really obvious coming from a me I so I'm a division three baseball player that was just been nonstop around the game since I decided to play division three baseball. Um and and so I really just didn't understand if I was like guessing right, right? I just didn't know how assertive I should be with my opinion. Um, but basically what I saw was a lot of dudes that got fed things that was like, that was elementary. Like, so my whole entire um, perception of what was going on within the Twins organization until recently was like, they just didn't, player development wasn't even in the conversation. So uh, I was actually going to say that before you even just said what you said, because what John was saying was, I mean, all I'm going is, yeah, those are the things that happen when player development is not even in the conversation. Right. Mm -hmm. And so um, it's been interesting to see, Oh, I mean, I didn't even, I don't have to know who you are. I don't have to know who the people behind the scenes are to know that when I watch the, when I watch the game, when I watch twins games now, I know it's a different thing. Um, yeah. Do you know what I mean? And then I, and then I hear this stuff with, um, you know, I do, I do do my homework and I know enough to know that, um, oh, what the heck is, is it Wes at the big league level? Yeah, his first name. Yeah. Um, and he's a Florida baseball ranch guy. And then we've been having so many conversations with Randy. So I know that that's where that mindset comes from. We're having these conversations now here and, and I don't mean to pick on the twins. I mean to say it is it is really interesting and I'm I'm can't wait to hear your perspective from your side. Um like I just feel like Major League Baseball has taken so freaking long to do this and it's still appalling to me that it's not even it's it's not even common knowledge yet. It's something as simple as 
and this is this may be a hot button because it is for me like the idea of hip and shoulder separation okay that that has been like that's almost all, all of a sudden mainstream it feels like right mm -hmm. almost mainstream that idea is like 20 years old like literally <laughs> asmi did that 20 years ago you know and so what i struggle with too and and this and then i'll i'll leave it at this so i act as if, i might be acting right now as if oh in the private sector we've really got it figured out i just think in general what <laughs> he might have got uh, a phone call. He might have got a phone call or something. I'm not sure what happened. He was, was he was like going on a rant. It was, it was the finale too. I was for it. <laughs> <laughs> he'll be in, he'll be back in here in just a second. So you know, um, I think for what what he's talking about is is you know, it always seems like Major League Baseball's had that boys club. You know, I'm, I'm never interesting enough. I was an affiliated guy. Never. I, I'm not sure if you know my story, but I broke my elbow my senior in college. I was supposed to be drafted, um, and and it didn't work out. But um, there we go. Can you hear me? Yep. Yeah, yep. Yeah. Dude, I, I'm sorry. I'm in airplane mode now. I, I'm what a terrible what terrible timing. And I know John is <laughs> doing a great job kicking up, and I'm gonna just keep running because I'm I'm going. Um, but it, it's it's the idea that there needs to be an authority. Somebody has to be the authority. And, and Major League Baseball has to be the authority. Like, I just don't know how to put it any other way, right? And I just, I, I think that, um, gosh, I, I don't know. I have, I have no idea what to do beyond that because it's just, I'm, I, I become out of my lane when I start getting there. But there, that's that's the Minnesota fan. That's the the fan <laughs> version of of me. You know, before I get yeah, into I got a and, couple, and, and, couple and, questions though. Yeah. Like, uh, you see, like you ended with the authority. They have to be the authority. I don't. I didn't fully understand that. Um, that part. I guess we could start with that. Hey, okay. Yeah. So so like from an educational standpoint, where is a little league baseball player going to get their information, and where are their parents going to get their information, and where is little league baseball going to get their information? Right. And so like the National Pitching Association isn't the authority like that's that's I'm not I'm not saying anything people know. I'm not saying anything derogatory here. Like MLB is the authority when it comes to disseminating this to the masses. Right. So education is going to be what the play ball stuff, the RBI baseball stuff. Right. These are all these are all what Major League Baseball has done. But they're supposed to. I mean, it just seems because like you would think that that connection that's there would the light bulb would have went off a long time ago like these literally are our future players and that the information that we're providing these communities has serious implications to our dollars and you just have to know that we're talking 10 15 20 years down the road but maybe five you know because it you don't know who these little league coaches know you don't know how fast this information goes there so I think that's where I have been so disappointed in because the, the information that is being like, and maybe, maybe, maybe I'm just pointing this at major league baseball. Maybe this isn't the, the thing that's going on, but you know, like uh, I have been, I don't know if I feel like Greg Rose told me this, that um, um, like Canada has legislation that requires youth athletics to have some sort of like elementary level of education. Like not literally an elementary education, like a, a, a softball 101 has to be taken 
to be a coach in a rec league, mm. which would mm. be th- th- those things are so sexy to me. <laughs> yeah, I I like the idea of co- like having a. It's coming. It's showing up. There's there's a foundational training to needing to be a coach. It's showing up, and it's yeah. still a lot of it is still in the in the in the movement realm. You know, eventually, I think it's gonna move into the emotional mental realm. You know, like some type of background because that's where that's how you raise a person and a and a player is is understanding and seeing their responses to the game, and not taking it personally as a coach. And then helping them navigate like how they're going to do it next or, you know, or helping them through this thing over here. And then, and then, so they're better over here, you know, like a little thing. Like I remember last year. There was... He probably got one too. Um, I will say I, before when he gets back in and we do the thing, it's, it's the opposite. So that's, I think that's my claim right now. I think that's what I'm trying to fight for is exactly how he just ordered it. Yeah. And I'm not, I'm not pointing. Oh, can you hear me Virgil? Yeah, yeah, I got you. Yeah. Oh shoot. Okay, good, perfect. I thought I thought you got a phone call. Um, I just want to interject because th- that was the I I th- I totally agree with you. I just think that it is movement, and I'm saying that's my claim. That's the problem. That movement is where we think we need to start with education, and I know that it's so unbelievably complicated that I feel that most young coaches are actually going to be able to tap into the emotional intelligence side of things because they already have these capabilities from their relationships, their adult relationships. And if they don't, there you go. So I, I, I love that. I yeah. just, that's my claim is that I, I, I wish that that was ordered differently and it's probably at your level. That's where I'd make that claim too. Yeah. I, you're kind of inspiring me maybe. Uh, cause it, what if there, cause I know MLB network does some things too, but what if there was like a, uh you know, an outreach. I know during this, the twins have had different things once a week where they taught pitching, they taught hitting, they taught infield and the coordinators shared. And I was like, yes. What about, what about practice plan? What about practice practice plan? What about efficiency of practice plan? Cause that's our, you know what I mean? Like looking at, but what, what were you going to say about the most, like how would they, how would they talk about that on, on MLB network? Like how do you make that something that is deeming airtime? Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I think we I, like, they haven't, ta- I don't know. I, you see it sometimes they, t- oh, they talk about the curveball. They talk about different things. They talk about some swing. They, yeah. They bring it up. I, I don't know how, you know, I don't watch a lot of TV, but I've just seen some things when I'm on YouTube or something that they are, aren't they sharing it? That Don't you see it too? Or. Yeah. Yeah. No. And then yeah. I'm saying, okay, so then what would be the version of that? Like, okay, this is, Hey, by the way, youth coaches, this is how we should treat our teams, right? Yeah. This is how, and, and oh, yeah, yeah. I, I don't, I don't mean to get into like, of course, John, I love that point, And I totally agree because mm-hmm. that's really low hanging fruit and there's so much to accomplish there. And I'm just saying like sitting on the, where I get jacked up is the, you, you just said emotional intelligence and I, and I get all jacked up because that just means, like you said, knowing how to show up and then knowing how to treat players and, and how they should be treating one another and how this actually affects their performance and that it might affect their performance more than any of the movement that I can teach them. Because my point that I see is that I am training a bunch of anxious kids that are unwilling to move the way that they're capable of, not because of how they move or their strength or their mobility, but because they, they don't know how to chill out, you know, as an example. And there's many different levels to those emotions. I, you know, chill out or maybe 
chill isn't the right thing. Maybe the, maybe the better way to say that is they have no concept of accessing flow state. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. My, 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 my brain went into a lot of places right there. Yeah. A lot of yeah, good stuff. Yeah. yeah like, like, so if we go to, so what I learned is that the delivery is reflecting the personality. So you can't change one without the other. So in my experience, when I changed the way I was, so I got released and, and then I went back to Indie Bowl and then I got back with the twins. And I remember when I got back with the twins out of, out of Indie Ball, I my personality was different now. I was a different person because now once I got released, I didn't, it wasn't about getting like a half to make it. It was like, now I, I choose to play baseball. Like I'm here, I got released and it was like this death of me. And then now I get to choose. And I remember in the dugout, I used to grab my hat, grab my water, grab my glove, drink my water as I'm running up the stairs, throw the cup, put my hat on and I'm running. And it was just this chaos, right? And that was in my delivery. I was always really fast. But one day I grabbed my hat, put my hat on, grab my water, drink my water, set it down, grab my glove, and then went on the field. And it was like a revelation. Like I can just do that much. Like there's that was a three second, 10 seconds longer, you know? And it's like, then my delivery started becoming more in sync because now I allowed that time to happen inside of it. Like, it's like, it's okay. It's like, cause it seems like a long time, but it seems like minutes inside of there. But now it's just, it's just allowing the hand just to come in, just allow it to do that. And then throw like, just wait just a minute. Like you can do it. There's plenty of time in there, you know? So yeah, I, I like what you're saying. It's, it does show up in there. And, and that's what I think is so, that's just what I'm finding. So the deeper that I dive into movement, the mm. more I realize that what I've been feeling the whole entire time, and, and this is how I used to say it, I'm not very good at getting you to do what I know you're capable of doing. And I'm really good at it. I'm yeah. actually better than most people at getting people to move better. And so if I'm not very capable of making it happen very quickly, what the hell is Johnny's dad telling Tim, Timmy over there? Why is he talking about his swing? Because, and he's a dick. <laughs> Who cares what his swing is? Quit being a dick. He'll be a better kid and a better player for you. And then mm. he's going to like, it's just like, and then he'll call the ball. Like you let them be their personalities. So this is, I mean, this is where my, um, I don't know. I have, I have very different uh, experience in my life because I actually got, I just, pe people let me play. I remember one of my, my wrestling coaches, um, he actually questioned my young VFW coaches. He's like, what have they taught you? I, I, I didn't have an answer. It's a great point. What have they, well, they taught me that I could just go out there and be whoever I wanted to be and strike dudes out and throw knuckleballs and curveballs and sidearm. And, and like, we dominated, we were, we were the best team I ever played for in baseball. It was so fun. You know, yeah. what did they teach me? They, this, and, and by the way, for in, in, in um, defense of the wrestling coach, one of the most influential people in my life to, was both, right? He knew how to be both, but he also didn't like see how big of a void that was going to be. You couldn't, you know, hindsight's twenty twenty in that standpoint, just to where it's gotten. So being from the middle of nowhere and having that experience. And then my college coach is from Tucson. So all that he saw was like every Minnesota kid in the world was absolutely clueless. So then I was, I mean, dude, in, in high, and I, a little bit of this is the Johnny high school, but I was like, dude, I'm the, 
it's deuces baby let's go and, oh, and, 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 and i'm and i'm the dude like I, and i mean it like i was not i was not going to chirp you i was going to be so obnoxious and know that the pitcher could hear me that i would i would take over games and i mean it from the dugout and it's high school and i know it's different and there's a level of professionalism too but how you know then that transition to college was like that was gone and it didn't come back until i was a junior and senior and then they loved it so i'll live john i don't know if you've heard this story but i so um one of the biggest games of my life it was a semi uh semi whatever you call the, the semifinal game semifinal of our conference championship and i galloped off the field after the seventh inning i galloped off the field on a fake horse like a <laughs> just a douchebag and <laughs> But but those are the moments that you those those are kids playing right those are kids yeah. playing and I and I feel like but at the same time I say douchebag and I bet some of those antics are happening nonstop in other countries and it makes you wonder if the game is more exciting when you can just do dumb stuff like that and you might play better I don't know so yeah uh, that's a great story I would say if <laughs> if the actions. If the actions are are in a, like this, is what I feel. If the actions are against another person, like it's like to show you up, then I'm I'm not a hugest fan. But if it's an action of emotion and passion, like you're like having fun and you're just coming off, like do your thing. But if it's like trying to come at you because of my emotion, you know, like I, I love yeah. the fifth, I love the bat flip, but I don't like it when it's like like. With I the stare down afterward. Yeah, yeah, and they're like, uh, you know, and the, 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 you can feel the difference. You can feel. Yeah. It, you, yeah. You can feel it if you've been there, right? But if you haven't been there, then you don't, you know, you may miss the, the feeling of it, you know? Yeah, I don't know. I had a lot of like, I'd started with, uh, I'm, I'm going there. I haven't thought of this. Before, so <laughs> humor me. Humor me. So because I told you I didn't like want to be myself. So my junior year, I just like had a coming out party against the same team that I was, this is a, my first time facing them. And I was dealing and I was just like this and I get a call or whatever. And I would just go like this, like, that's all I could do. <laughs> just this, this wrist turn. And then it turned, you know, then a, a year later I'm galloping off the field, but <laughs> yeah, <laughs> oh, it's funny. That, so that's yeah. where I get jacked up is cause I see that too. I hear how John learned how to play the game. And I go, man, that sounds so much more fun. That sound, it seems like a lot of people are, a lot of kids are yearning for that side of it. But yeah, anyway. what I'm what I'm seeing in, in the pro ball game since I've been here since '03 is it was like the player is who they are, like who you are, and you're either going to be a big league or not going to be a big league. And now it's more like, where are you now, and how can we help you develop, and what do you need. You know, and and it's like having that growth mindset, right? Growth mindset is like everything's learned. You know, there, you know, you see some things that are harder to learn than others, and there's some limitations to we all have, um, but there are a lot of things where we can make our best better, and that's one of the wonderful things that I'm seeing inside the twins and in baseball that's happening is like with the new development tools that are coming out. It's like, oh wow, we can measure this. And then we can also take them to here and we can add this or, or move this or use pitch or, you know, usage or whatever, whatever it is, you know, and, and that's one thing I'm 
I'm really excited about the game is that it, like you're saying, it is moving that way. Yeah. Um, I go, John, I was going to say, um, <laughs> it, it just sounds like you and I uh, resonate so much with feel, you know, as far as, uh, yeah, feel. uh feel and, and real and, and, um, uh, with that being said, uh, you know, your use of technology and, and your what data that you have that you analyze your pictures with, um, how deep are you on the tech side of that? Because I'm I'm completely in. I love it. We 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 work with PitchLogic. We we have a lot of uh, really good data that goes from there. And and I'm just wondering is about your personal experience, especially how deep you've been into the game in Pro Bowl. Um, you know what what do you look for there in technology? How do you find it beneficial to you and your pitchers? It's every. It's that's it. It's, it's, I love it. It changed the game. It changed my game. Like when I started using it two or three years ago, um, I was just grateful that I've been educated in it and then being able to learn it and use it. And, and, you know, I went and looked back at my numbers and I, I was looked down upon when I was at the Tigers cause I pitched up in the zone and I look at my numbers. I was at like a, you know, 18, 19, um, vertical break. And I'm like, man, that's why they called me the invisible guy. You know, like they say, you got invisible. I'm like, because it's like, it wasn't, it wasn't valued then. Right. So the values are changing because now we have measurements and tools to, to give. Um, and so it's, it's the merging, right. It's the merging of the data and then the person, like, how do we, there's the competitor and then there's the data and we want to merge them so that now they can go and and use the tools and um you know i don't we have a lot of tools and i'm very great like that's i think one thing about pro ball you know it's uh it's it's no shortage of uh of information you know um i don't know like if you want to know what we use you know rapsodo trackman uh yeah we got yeah I'm, I'm interested in like personally with you like what you look you know because i know we have good story we've heard other stories of people you know fixing sliders or going from there and um, I have a <clears throat> we I have a little bit of a theory uh, with fast slow strategy of, of pitching philosophy that I'll go into later. But I'm just wondering, oh, you know, we don't we don't get to talk to too many um, too many you know major minor league coaches like this right here, yeah. and and, yeah. and get you know directly from the horse's mouth about you know what you look for and how you evaluate it. So if you could just elaborate a little bit more on that, you know, when you're looking at some of these data sets. Yeah, so, so always start with the movement plot. I'll start there a lot and then on then I'll go to the person and I'll watch them throw because this is what I say is like, give me the person, I'll give you the numbers, right? Like the numbers are reflecting the movement patterns. And so, and the numbers are reflecting their mindset and, and like, you know, there's a certain way, like a certain arm angle is going to, uh, and finish is going to allow for a pitch to be more, uh, to be easier to, to, to complete. And so knowing how they throw the ball and then seeing their plot and their movement plot and then finding a way to, um, you know, enhance that, you know, so <sighs> I don't know. And so um, you look at their fastball, right? You look at their fastball. Where's the fastball at? And then you look at the, the okay, how is it? How is it pairing with the breaking ball? Okay. Is there spread? Um, what's the sh and then you look at the shape. So when you look at the movement plot numbers, okay. Um, and then you go look at the actual pitch, you know, cause sometimes the movement plot number will show up and it looks like a good movement on the, on the plot, but then you go watch the pitch and it's, and it kind of like has a hump and it's just, just floating and they're not spinning it. They're not finishing it. 
And so then it might just be a finish technique. You know, it might not be, I need to change the shape. It might be, I need to teach you how to throw it. So bite at the end, you know? Um, so you're kind of mirroring those two. Um, and then we'll dive into the numbers of, you know, their stats. How do we want to improve their stats? So they want to get more strikeouts, less walks. They want to more first pitch strikes. They want to glove strike uh, the breaking ball more often. Um, so then we work with the mindset of like, okay, now this, this is what's going on over here. Um, now we want to, you know, improve that. Um, and then another thing I look at is, you know, swing and miss, you know, cause we want punchies, we want swing and miss. So we got to look at some swing and miss. We got to look at, okay, how are we getting that? Where are we getting the zone? Um, and then how, what kind of pitch usage can we use to bring that development of that swing and miss pitch into your repertoire more often? Or are you using your, are you using it correctly? Um, you know, in the right percentages in the, in the advantage counts where you can get those punchies. So those are a little bit. Yeah. So you, you did a, uh, you threw a lot at me right there. So movement. <laughs> yeah, no, it's perfect. That's you, 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 it was great because I, my brain went, you know, I wrote down movement plot three times as you said it. I remember. So are you talking about motion capture of biomechanics or is it more like video analysis and breaking it down there? Or what is, what does movement plot mean? So I start with the movement plot of the pitch of their pitches. So oh, okay. vertical horizontal break. So this is just of the pitches when you were saying movement. Okay. Cause yeah. Like, like where, where are they on the movement? plot? Um, yeah. I see what you mean. Now. Yeah. Like in a rap soto, right? You're like, where are they? You know, where is it? It's a 16. Say there's their fastballs at 16 vertical breaks. So we know 16 is average. Uh, oh, but they're at a 130 spin axis and they have 2200 RPMs. You're like, okay, so, they have the tools, right? They have the tools to create carry. So let's change the axis so the tool can get there. But if they're at a 16 vertical break and their RPMs is at like 1900 and the way they throw the ball is like, you know, it just kind of cocked a little bit. You can see. So then you're like, okay, let's take you down. Let's see if we can get you to get underneath the average, you know? So you're looking at that and then you're trying to take them and then, and then, you know, and then like we talked about movement of the body, you know, in the delivery, well, then you go to that to help assist them change, you know, change that. If like some, there's some hindrance or something blocking it, you know, obviously you're always going to the delivery to help them be efficient and healthy and, and throw so they can throw for a long time and keep working on these things. But I always, you know, like a, for me, it's a little different level than I think you guys are. Uh, for me, it's like, I really want to teach to competitor. And so a lot of the times it's like, I start with the pitches first and then move over to delivery. Um, if that's what you're asking. Yeah. No, that's, that's a great, I mean, we, you just got an awesome insight into it. Cause you know, when, when you said movement plot, originally I was thinking about, we went to winter meetings and happened to go to the uh, trade show and we saw the markerless motion capture that they were installing, you know, yeah. in the big league stadiums and stuff. Yeah. And so, you know, I know the twins are, you know, cutting edge and I wasn't sure if that's what you're talking about. Cause that was, that yeah. was one of the coolest things I've seen putting that oh, yeah, we, on and stand there. I was like, Holy crap. Yeah. We have that too. That's a pretty amazing, man. It's pretty amazing. Yeah. The, the ability to see and, and analyze someone's movements by the angles at which their joints are sequencing. Yeah. You know, I, I think, I don't know. Do you guys, you guys have any of that? available as well uh <laughs> we we don't have we don't have market we we don't have motion capture but uh the closest okay. thing that we get to that is we have an apple tv with a you know screen we use our iphones and we yeah, screen, yeah screen mirror over there with you know with each pitch so one thing that is um, 
one thing that is just to give a if someone's watching this is i think it's called k motion those different things yeah so we do those two and those things uh i have like hip shoulder separation that's something we we help the player with using that so that's something that's affordable um that gives you a feedback as a pitcher it's mostly geared used to be geared towards hitting um but i think there's one other one there's k motion and there's like k vest or i'm not, I'm not sure exactly what i think it's the same thing but yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. um oh man sorry Shoot. no it's okay um I, I I thought of like seven things and now I forgot which one I want to. Um, <laughs> Dang it. I, I, well, go I will say this. I will say uh, th this is like the theme. This is I'm, this is just like uh, this is what I'm talking about as far as the education that we are the, the conversation that we're having right now, right? Like you can't as, as soon as you become affiliate. Like I know my my friend Weston is uh, into the Modus Sleeve. He's a pitching coach, Modus Sleeve guy, and Brian Conger is somebody that he's having a conversation with. And Brian Conger can't do what he was doing anymore from because as soon as he got picked up with the Rangers, he can no longer do that. So he was at Tarleton State. I think it's state um, D2 down down south. I don't even know where I'm talking. About. I just know these places exist. I know some of the and, and my point is, why is that a thing? And, and I think that the, the argument is that Major League Baseball, you know, each team wants to protect their you know competitive advantage based on the hard work that they're doing. And I, mm -hmm. and, and, and I said this to John, I think it's silly that they haven't realized that nobody listens anyway. Like, <laughs> no, and, and, and the ones that do, right? And the ones that do listen, they cannot know it the way that you know it. So I'm really, I really think it's way more negative. The fact that Major League Baseball thinks that they should protect their player development stuff because I, I just, I don't, I don't know. I just, I don't get it. I don't see people actually gaining competitive advantages by stealing other people's content. I think you, it's these conversations, it's asking questions, but like you could tell me every single secret that you have right now. And, and there's no way I'm buying completely in. And there's no way my interpretation of your information as well as you train me will actually be the interpretation that you have. It's just, I don't know. Yeah, this stuff is because, beyond baseball. This is like, yeah, don't you I like you're saying that. Like I sit here and I share. And if I'm completely honest, when I speak about these things, I have a little, I'm, I'm monitoring a little bit because I'm not yeah, sure. What I'm yeah. And so that's just my honesty. And uh, it's not that I like, I don't want to share just, uh, I feel I like, know. Want to protect it a little bit because I don't know, like I don't, I, like I don't know. I just, that's just what it feels like. It feels like I have to. It feels like I have to. It's everybody though, and and I, dude, I cannot appreciate how you just said that enough. Like, of course. And if I took a job too, I would have that same thing. But I, so that's where I think like it might be one of the biggest things keeping me in the private sectors, like this, this like ability to, um, to create these conversations. And, and I don't know how big my platform is yet, but, but anyway, that, that's, that's what gets me going, man. Yeah. Yeah. I want to share. I'm, I'm, I'm a, I'm a really open person. Um, I, know. I can tell. I want to share that's like, that's why I'm loving perfect throw and revolution throwing is yes, like, let's get on to that. Really helping it's really open the outlet of the conversation that like throwing can be healthy, you know, throwing can be a thing that's just enjoyable throwing, you know, 
supposed to hurt. Like throwing is supposed to feel good and you're supposed to throw hard and you're supposed to throw a lot and you're supposed to listen to your body. And there's things, you know, that's behind it all, you know, and that's, that's one I'm really enjoying having this business part of it and inside of the game. I, um, so earlier when you were talking about it, um, uh, I'll, I'll, I don't know where this will go, but I, I think that the way that I've been trying to describe it is everything seems so counterintuitive. You talked about like the, the amount of time within something, right? That seems so counterintuitive that you're, you're the fastest moving athlete on the face of the earth, right? Shol the shoulder speeds of high velocity throwers are the fastest, but it's going to feel slow. <laughs> like, you know, like go forward and stay back. Um, mm -hmm. And so the, the arm late, uh, you know, and that's er actually early trunk rotation. And, and that I've been trying to find ways to communicate this to athletes for years and years and years. Cause everybody's saying, Hey, your arms behind, your arms mm -hmm. behind, you're late. No, you're early. You're early. Yes. I've, I've, but, but that doesn't do enough. I can't say that enough. I can't, I can create all of the analogies in the world, but it's not good enough. And so I, I just hear that's how I tee up a, a tool like yours is because if there's anything that exists that can make me shut up and get you to understand what counterintuitive feels like, I'm, I'm all about it. So that's what I heard when you were, when you were teeing it up. So close did, with his, it, did it, he it stuck. It did freeze. It's he's stuck right that's there. So funny. I know. Um, yeah, he was so he was talking about um, you know off air. Um, hopefully, he gets back in here in just a second, um, and he can explain it better. But he was talking about the idea of being early and how you know guys that rip open and twist at the same time—that's what kind of gets them in trouble. And this allows them to feel when to do it, so you can feel the swing up of the timing because of creating momentum. Hey, welcome back. back, Can you hear us? Live? Can you hear us? I'm oh, in the show. Yeah, we're gonna... <laughs> can you hear me? Okay. Um, yeah. And so I was really interested in the, you guys aren't there. Am I there? Oh yeah. We're going to, here we go. Let's see. I'm going to send a message. Go ahead, Cass. The, no, the linear set. He said something about um, off air. He said something about it being like, uh, uh, people get like when they try to do linear arm actions, um, it start, stop, and then start again. And, and that if you're creating circles, which is the perfect throw, um, forces you to do that there's never a stoppage of energy um and that is i mean that's what the elbow elbow spiral is right it's that idea um but but i'm really interested in this um especially with uh like even my openness to yeah yeah can you hear us sorry guys no, no it's, it's okay good. sometimes when you get a I phone would... call it, it uh, there's a bug in the thing where it'll when you come back in you can't hear us so if it if it, ha if it kicks you out of this you have to yeah. jump out and jump back in i'm sorry i should have told you that. Uh, okay okay i also changed my internet i went on my hotspot. so um do you want to can i go or you want to go yeah yeah no no I, I was just teeing it up for what the conversation we had off air if you could redo that idea where we were talking about you were talking about momentum and and feedback of early late and stuff that would be great so um how would i start so what we see right if you you're lifting turn so it's a one two pop 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 
So what 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 I learned and what we what we teach is there's three. It's three. It's a count of three. Up in turn, and you guys teach that. I see it in your videos. And there's an in feeling, and the up in is hard. It's hard. It's not hard. It's something that you have to really think about. And what I learned in Tai Chi, right, is you have to focus on you focus on the movement. You learn the movement. You learn the sequence. And I think like when I'm coaching and what I see is like there's a huge jump to you can't teach them the movement because then they can't focus on the competitiveness. But you have to learn the movement and there has to be a lot of focus on the movement first. And once you learn that, then like there's a moment where you don't have to think about it. And when you don't have to think about it in Tai Chi, the next movement. So there's a there's a movement of breath and a focus. So, OK, now how do I add the breath to the movement? So you have to learn the movement first. Then you have to learn the breath and how it coincides. So when I lift my hands up, I inhale. When I lower, I exhale. And so at the top, so the breath has to match how much movement is happening, and then the mat has to match how movement's happening down. And so you're learning in these steps. So that's what I like in throwing or whatever. It's the same. Like you gotta focus on it first. Like you gotta get the hand in. You gotta hit your take the back of your fingers hit your ear or whatever the cue is, you know. And so um i lost my train of thought and the tool right it helps you feel that in feeling like because when you're pitching this is what i say i say like you you want to bring your hand as close as you can when you're throwing slow because when you're pitching you're driving off the mound as hard as you can you're competing against a guy you you're thinking about throwing hard which might have you fly open a little bit hopefully not because you'll be in sequence and so in all of that when you're thinking about pulling in towards you your hand is actually just staying i'll go this side it's staying in the same place and it's almost just like coming in like this but if i leave my hand in space and my hand body's going away then then there is that extension right so that's what you see a lot like guys like leave the hand in space so there's this feeling of in it's this in feeling that we talk about a lot and what we found is when we teach the throw from the top down. So we teach the arm path first. You learn the arm path, learn what the arm has to do, and then add the power, add the body, and power that arm path. Because there's a have to that has to happen. And the have to is a little different. Did you just rookie of the year this? Are you my new favorite person? <laughs> Are you yeah, I don't know Chet what you're Stedman. talking about, but it sounds funny, bro. Oh yeah, you just, you just, you just movie referenced a, a massive twelve-year-old. The smartest shit I've ever heard in my life. Yeah. Go ahead. <laughs> so there's a have to, right? My hand has to go down. It has to come up. It has to come in, right? There's a have to. Yeah. It has sure. to do that. Like if I if I power my body and I haven't allowed that time to happen, then I'm gonna be out of sequence. And so what we found is that on time, because the release pull, we call it the release pull because power's in pulling, not the release point. The release pull is happening as, a, as an effect, is the cause of where I came from. It's the whip, right? It's whoom, and then it happens. So I want to sequence my body to power the whip. And so as we, get, we bring the perfect throw in and we're getting people to understand what's going on in their arm, and then when they get out of sequence, because they're doing it 20, 10, 20, 30 times in a row, they can get more understanding. And then you're like, hey, do you feel you went too early? Yeah, yeah, I felt that. All right, wait for it. Wait for it. And then so now they wait for it. And then they get a ball. And then now the conversation is, did you feel yourself go early there? Not, hey, you were early. Slow down. Stay back. Because what are you staying back for? Why do you stay over the rubber? What are you waiting for? You're waiting for the hand to be ready. Your, your body, you know, this and. 
and the mindset of wanting to throw hard, needing to throw hard, all this stuff of like getting faster, you know, also pulls you away from your hand. So you help the mindset of like, Hey, there's plenty of time. Just get it in, feel that, you know, and then, and then you add that to the pitch. Man, what do you guys got? I, I love it, man. You, I got you, Michael Cartwright in my brain, John. As well. <laughs> no, yeah, we, I, I honestly, after he said that right there, we're, we're directly in line. You, you've been, you, you repeated something I've been saying for a very long time. And it's just funny that you say that because, um, you know, after breaking my elbow throwing and have to relearn how to throw, um, yes. you know, the process was I went to four pitching coaches and the first thing they said was it was your legs, uh, something wrong with your legs, blah, blah, blah. Always it's and, always the legs. Right. And, and so Cass is what's cool about me and Cass is we've only been in a partnership for about a little over a year and a half right now. And all he's done from the beginning is challenge my entire thought process of what happened. Now I broke my elbow 10 years ago and, or 12 years ago now, but, and I haven't stopped throwing since I've been healthy. I'm 34, I'm low nineties. Like I, I still throw all the time, just like you're saying. And mm -hmm. so, you know, being able to, to teach someone that feeling of what you're saying and the timing is, 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 is turned into um, uh, a, a sensitive, but, you know, a, a firm subject of these things where we've created what we call the rules of throwing. Right. And and so when we get into the rules of throwing, which I think you, you're you're going to like, it, it helps us explain movement and kids can understand it faster. Um, and so we get to the position uh, if you're familiar with the pocket, um, that seems to be the 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 big idea. I've actually called it the gun for a while, because when we separate those hands, you know, the, the front arm kind of looks like the barrel and the arm going down looks like the pistol. So the kid can understand, you know, what they're trying to go to, the position they're trying to throw from. That's you know what I mean? And so one of the issues that that I um, that I know happened to me, I feel I, I feel robbed and swindled because the year before uh, I changed my arm path to this very short swing up to the ear thing to like this aggressive stiff throw, I didn't realize that I was out of sequence, but it was what I was told to do. And, and I had immediate feedback of pain and tension from the beginning um, for what I was throwing. And I was told that's what I was supposed to feel six months later, invulsion fraction of the elbow. Obviously that wasn't it. Right. So, yeah. you know uh, even, even that being said, you know, um, the three rules of throwing we were talking about for the gun are number one, both hands have to move at the same time. Number two, both arms never cross. And number three, both hands pass the glove hip loosely. And so when when you see someone throw and go through it, you know, I, the way we've gotten into it, it sounds like you and I are, are very in, um, intrigued by the movement flow of, of easiness and efficiency of, of what we call moving with your arms off to keep to create a looseness. Um, type of throw and, and the your perfect throw product definitely seems like an, an, an aid and and the feeling of that so i love that idea so we're gonna have to definitely snag some of those so what do you think about that have you have you ever heard anything uh to to that idea i know it's let, 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 let me let me hand it off better than that sorry but i'm gonna so this is the thing it's not that the rules it, it's not that the the what they are is what i think is so sexy john like, and we should go into it and Verge will, will tell you everything about the rules. But they, they, the point is, is that we're going top down. And, top down. and I want to plug John because I, what I had, to, so this is my uh, Cliff Notes 101 of my training background. Top velocity was my biggest influence young in my career. It got me focusing on the back leg. I get, I get it. It's so important. It might be the most important thing, but it's not the best way to get people to throw better. Um, 
And, and so what I got pe- people doing, so when I had, when basically what happened was like, on the front of me being part of Cutter Nation, I'm getting John's kids, right? So they had to trust me first. So I had to wait for them to like go through this. Like I'm new to this people, John's people needed to learn how to trust me, which is fine. Totally get it. That's how relationships work. But I got kids who knew the rules. I got kids who knew how to have a fairly synced up arm pattern. Not perfect by any means, you know, everybody's different, but pretty close to that. And then I could teach them whatever I wanted to with their legs. Like it gave me access to just like go in. And then I'm just like, hey, remember when you didn't follow the rules anymore? Remember when you felt, um, I, I, dude, I I don't even want to take it away from you, Virgil, because those, how you were saying that, um, what did you say about, did you feel yourself be early? Yeah, you know, like, did yeah, you yeah. feel early? Like, hey, did you feel it? And you're like, I yes. felt a little tenseness in my shoulder. You're like, okay, that's your cue. So when you feel that, you went too early. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And mm-hmm. and I like that we now have more access to more of this. But anyway, the, the top-down stuff, where are you hearing that besides yourself? Because I think that's what we're looking for is, regardless if you agree exactly with our hand idea, I think the point that we're teaching the hands is that they're connected to the brain way more closely than the the legs. And so we have a distinct advantage because I can get clean patterns fastest by teaching the hands. And that's a top-down approach. Yeah. So I want to talk about the pocket and then I want to talk about the delivery and why it's doing what it's doing. So the pocket, I've heard about it. And one thing we call it the rev. So when the hand comes in and you like a, like a race car turning, like that you rev. So it's like, if we were to talk about the pocket, I, I, he's really, I follow this stuff. I've never talked to him. I really enjoy um, listening to him speak. I think he's helped a lot of people. And it's like pocket to rev almost, you know? And so sometimes I see the pocket not get inside. I see the pocket pull and it like, it see the shortness of it, but sometimes they run away and there's like a bounce. And so one thing I look for in the throw is when they're coming in, how long does the hand stay in the arc? You know? And so sometimes when they go, uh, when sometimes when guys lift up, it's like in and out, you know, and some guys come in, it's like, boom. and so there's a difference. So like, uh, I'm kind of looking, looking at how long they're revving, how long. And so I've, I've loved watching the pocket and following that guy. And then that, and then adding that rev part is like that. And like, what, how can I add my body to power that part? And like you were saying the top down and going early, what I learned when I changed is my body was doing what it's doing because of the ball position when I went to fire. So like I got, everyone always got mad at my body, but it was doing the right thing. It was doing the exact thing it needed to do because if my arm is extended behind me and straight and long, and I'm trying to throw the ball a hundred miles an hour against that guy, I'm going to fly open because it's going to make the ball go faster. But if I put the ball right here, I don't fly open anymore because when I move the front side, it doesn't move the ball. So now I move from the hip and then it turns everything. So what I learned is like, as I did it longer and longer, um, then the body started reorganizing itself because now it's going to move efficiently to the new, to the new weight implement. Right. So now I allowed that sequence and then now I had to reteach itself how it's going to move. Thoughts? So, yeah. so, well, just uh, so that's Dave, Dave, <laughs> yeah, Coggins, right? Coggins, yeah, 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 yeah. I really like, the, really like the guy. Yeah. yeah. Oh, so, sure. John, th- I'm glad you brought him up because we should try to get him on the podcast. Um, yeah, that'd be great. Yeah. And 
just I'm it's just so much with the inside stuff because the in is what I don't think yeah. we've been like saying enough. Um, I using it enough, you know, just like that three parts. I'm so attracted to that. Yes, um, one, two, three, and so and then when you use the perfect throw, there's three arcs. There's the one behind your back. Then there's the one that you finish and then the one to bring yourself back. So it goes one, two, three, one, two, three. So then all of a sudden the guy's like out oh, oh, and it's not moving. But when you hold the core, the, the rev ball, so the rev ball and the secured ball, but when you hold the rev ball, now it's only momentum. It's only the arcs. So you're now you're moving in circles and arcs. And now when you're doing it correctly and you're allowing, you're allowing this to move around you without getting out of the way to move it. Right. Sometimes the flying open is like I get you see people move their body when they're throwing and they're getting out of the way to get the ball in front of them. How can I get the ball in front of me without getting out of the way? How can I create the movement in the pattern so that it just wants to finish? It just like it just won't just wants to do it. You don't even have to tell you don't have to do anything for it. So we, we talk about um, a, off, a offset fidget spinner on energy creation and throwing and how when the arm comes around, if you can match that path with both hands and this can pull down on this energy and help mm -hmm. create the angle of what you're trying to do, mm -hmm. and yes. you can ro rotate much more efficiently. And, mm -hmm. and so when I see guys, you know, launch the elbow and the hand in front, like you're saying, I like that rev idea that goes into layback to go through. One of the things that we talk about is finishing as fast as you can on your pitch to make sure that you go through that way. When you come through on it, then everything comes through and then you are connected for what you're saying. And yeah. so we're having a, a lot of fun, low, you know, keeping a co the competitive level high for the relative age for the kid and making sure they understand what the goal set is that is a lot lower where for example we've got nine-year-olds that have been with us for a couple of years now or with me and now with Cass, where all they've done from the beginning is try to throw hard into a box that's that's been the thing right <laughs> try to get in some of these positions we turn the radar gun on and let them understand that they're competing against themselves and the mm -hmm. velocity is a level leaderboard game and you're trying to get up the leaderboard as quickly as you can according to what you're trying to do as long as you're not you know in pain as long as you're not feeling tension as you said or drag yeah. or whatever you want to call it yeah and so the, the the longer that we're seeing guys that are able to throw i think we're starting to understand that like the perfect throw idea or learning the momentum with your story also is that this takes a massive amount of time right and if we can have people learn the feel part of that feel good throwing action earlier in their life and that's what they they handle throughout their whole life i see a completely different throwing experience and baseball experience for all mm -hmm. baseball players who understand how to have a strong arm really is just like how to be able to do it without thinking yeah, and being able to do it, like using the body to throw the arm. Like I remember I gave this to one of my coaches and he was doing it. It's like, oh, I have shoulder surgery. I got pins in my shoulder. I can't do it. I'm like, just try it, man. You're, you'll be fine. Like, just do it. And he goes and he starts doing it. And we're just in the locker room too. So there's not a lot of room. And he does it a couple of times. He's like, it doesn't feel like I'm using my arm, man. It doesn't. I'm like, exactly. You found it. <laughs> like that's the feeling. Like, like that's like you're saying you got to teach the feeling. There's an aha moment that happens, and you guys probably see it too. They're like, they come in, they feel the rev, and they whoom, and they whip it, and they're like, oh, I felt it. So then sometimes they don't always return, but that aha moment, that's that's it. That's then they 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 can that one time. Then now it's about okay, how do we redirect into that? How do we reject into that? Um, I'm and, really excited to get this in. <laughs> in my hand. I'm serious. Like I've seen it and yeah. I'm sorry, but I just wasn't 
like the light bulbs are not going off fast. No, enough. no, we haven't done a good enough job. Well, I, I think this is a great way to explain it. Cause like you said, when, what you said off air about feeling the timing and everything, and then how you've, you know, you explained it right now, it was immediately, I was like, Oh, I immediately, no. Okay. We're getting on cast. <laughs> well, and it's like, well, and it's like, like Brett Engel is one of our young players that throws the ball really well. And, and he, and he does have some early issues, but he comes here like relentlessly. relentlessly and so like, right yeah, like, and it's, and, and so I can see he revs as well as anybody. He's got a great freaking rev. And, yeah. um, and he's not and, <laughs> and he's not, like they, they, they did it, but like, you don't have to teach them. So now you, now you, what, what those guys. But I also, I'm going, I, I want to make sure I don't screw it up. <laughs> do not screw that up. And then I'm thinking yeah. about other guys who we like, oh man, they just, uh, sorry. Yeah. But you guys do it. I watch your Insta all the time. Watch it for years. And that's why I'm grateful to be here with you guys. And like, you guys do it, you know, that big front side. And then the guys come home and you guys are doing it against that net that you guys have. Yeah. For uh, sure. Yeah. It's been fun to watch. I'm like, all right, they're doing it. All right. And I, I'm always watching. Cause if I watch whatever, I don't know if I'm hundred percent right, but if I watch, I'm like, ah. Oh, Ouch, no, ouch, no, ouch, no. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, for sure. That's, so, that's what we're trying to get kids to feel. That's that's the whole relationship with the radar gun to the mm -hmm. location, to the video, like you were saying before. You know, um, the idea that we have at Cutter Nation basically is turned into if I was 12, right, what would mm -hmm. be the best possible setup that I could have for my 12 year old self to allow me to become a professional? Right. Yeah. And so whatever technology that we can get or video or tool that is going to allow us to help people advance quicker. Right. Yeah. Like uh, Virgil, I, I saw a 12 year old in Mexico throw 90 miles an hour. It blew me away. It was at the academy in Monterey. And I remember being like, what is going on? And then you find out it's a former big leaguer son and he's been going to ballpark since he was three. Yeah. And it's like, yeah. oh, OK, what would you do? Oh, well, I, we just threw, he threw since he was three, went to the field and he threw, and then no, he, he threw like you. That's what he did. He, he yeah. watched you do it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Right. Dad yeah. was a, dad was a gangster outfielder and had a cannon. So yeah, yeah. Sure. watch dad throw through like dad through like the other guys who had, you know, who had cannons. Mm -hmm. Right. And, you know, we hear it all the time with big leaguers, kids, you know, how they, they, they're advanced and they're talented and all that stuff. But I think, you know, to your point about the growth mindset of how everything's learned, like the exposure mm -hmm. to that high level movement pattern, you know, and not understanding what it is and just doing it out of like, Oh, I see this guy doing it. I'm going to do that, you know, and, and changing the way that you think about the rev or the load or stay inside the 90, follow the rules, the pocket, all these things that are yet so complicated you know, to, 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 as, as adults, we can bring it, but the, the kids that need to learn this information need to know at, at what, what's the easiest idea we can get to do that or teach them to feel it. Yeah. What's the easiest. Yeah. And like you were saying that you're, you're one of the guys you have, he already does it. And so, um, my, my buddy and my business partner, Alex Treza, uh, he already did it. He was a catcher and now he's a pitching coach at Boston college. He already did it. And what he did when we were talking about it, when I was showing him the perfect throw is he's like, Oh, now I understand why. And so like, you know, cause consistency comes from understanding. So if I can feel it, understand it, I can have more consistency. I can repeat. And so, you know, having that, that, Oh, I get it. Okay. Now let's see what's the sequence. And then, you know, we even improved since we've developed the perfect throw, you know, we've only been selling it for what, six months now. Um, it's, you know, we've developed over the last three years. Um, but it's really that idea that that feeling, you know, uh, we just, yeah, 
This has been a great conversation, guys. I'm really enjoying this. Yeah, I appreciate yeah. it. Yeah, I didn't know that we were, uh, uh, like I said, I hadn't, uh, Brian recommended me to you and I've seen <laughs> your product on there and, and yeah. you know, shout out to to Brian Eisenberg for for the connection yeah. because, you know, I, I think he knew that we would, we would hit this off. So, um, you know, I don't want to eat up too much of your time. It's been a little bit of an hour. So, you know, I really appreciate it. We're going to have to do this again. We got to get your business partner on here and you know, yeah. any, any high level pitching coaches, we love to talk to everybody here. We're, our, our main goal with this is to help educate, you know, our audience or, you know, really anybody, because we, there's so much information that's out there that we, we just like to help at least the, our followers know the people that we like to follow and we see things that we like. So I appreciate you taking a little time out of your day and jumping wow. over here. Um, why don't you uh, uh, just help everybody understand, you know, where we can go to get you know, get the perfect throw, how to follow you. And, and, you know, maybe, maybe a little bit about what's coming up in the future. I know we got some weird times, but this is probably mm -hmm. the time to work on arm path, right? <laughs> yeah. Arm path uh, at home, practice at home. Um, yeah. The times are really actually affecting me a little bit. Um, but you can find us at revolutionthrowing.com at revolution throwing on Instagram. That's our like most prominent feed share. You know, we have Facebook and Twitter same revolution throwing and i think rev throwing is our our twitter uh but yeah just we just want to help there's one thing i wanted to finish off with um oh it's just like a i guess like a final tip i guess you could say is like like we're talking about whoever's the throwing if you, whatever you're practicing like listen to your body like if it doesn't feel like like if you guys like you and and, and you're teaching these and and the guys like if it's right, you'll feel like, oh, there's something to it, but I have to practice that more to, to really master it. But if you do it and you're like, oh, it's not really right, it doesn't really feel good, like really listen to your body because the, the answer lies in there, you know, and like we're just trying to help them find that with all these different cues we're talking about, all these different things. It's like we want to help them find that like, oh, oh, they're okay. Now how to add the next piece, you know, so that they can go and they don't need us anymore. They just go, you know, you get out and come back when you want, you know, but listen to the body because that feeling is there's something instinctual inside of us. That's really going to help us like continue to throw healthy. So we can, you know, like you said, you're 34 throwing above 90 at 37 uh, through 89 last year, you know, <laughs> letting it eat a little bit. Yeah. But uh, <laughs> I saw a four year old throw a hundred in Mexico. It was crazy. Yeah. You know, like it's supposed to, it wants to do it. It wants to coil. It wants to release. It wants to whip, uh, but listen to it. It'll tell you how to move. That's awesome. I really Dude, it's been it. a pleasure. Uh, this is, yeah, fantastic, man. I'm yeah, so we'll excited. Definitely, I'm going we'll to get your cell again. phone and be, be texting you up a little bit. Please, yeah. I want it, man. I want to talk. I want to yeah. do that. Yeah, we're down for sure. We'd love to help the twins. <laughs> you're in Santa Barbara? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm in Santa Barbara. That's where you're from? Yeah, where born in Rancho, yeah. yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah. Right on. Awesome. right on. Well, Virgil, I appreciate it, guys. Go follow uh, Revolution Throwing. Pick up a uh, perfect throw. This has uh, been a really, really good conversation. I appreciate it. Thanks for giving in your insight to to your mindset and everything. It's been awesome to connect. Uh, I'm yeah. sure we will connect again in the future. This has been, been really good stuff. So, guys, yeah. appreciate it. Go follow them. Um, don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe. And if you need anything else, you know, hit us up. So, appreciate it again. And...